straight efficiency with NACFI's Mike Roth and Friends. In this episode, we're speaking with Paul Rosa. He's Senior Vice President of Procurement and Fleet Planning at Penske, where we talk about technology adoption across the many duty cycles that Penske participates in. We also talk a good deal about electric trucks and Penske's role in educating the market about the current and emerging technologies, all the variables that must go into an EV return on investment calculation. We also talk about the importance of getting the truck driver's opinions and the uncertainty around residual value with respect to these electric vehicles. Today we have joining us Paul Rosa. Uh, Paul is Senior Vice President of Procurement and Fleet Planning at Penske. And Paul and I go back a little ways. Um, thanks for being on the show today, Paul. Oh, happy to be here, Mike. So I'm, I'm really excited to, to speak with you, you know, and discuss, um, you know, trucking and the great happenings at Penske. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll focus probably a little bit on diesel efficiency as well as, um, you know, zero emissions. But before we dig in, uh, you know, this podcast is named you know, freight efficiency with Mike Roth and friends. Do you, do you remember how we met or how we we started to uh, to work together? Well, I can tell you, Mike, I've followed the great work of NACFI for many, many years. I've realized the, the wealth of information, the research dating back at least a decade. From even back then, I, I realized that our goals were very similar on how we as a company look to help our customers achieve better fuel economy, help with their, to educate themselves on uh, emerging technologies, driver issues, environmental stuff like that. So we had common grounds. That's where we always stayed close to it. Uh, we've met at various events uh, over the years, but a formal one was when we spoke in more detail, the Shell Starship finale in Jacksonville. Do you remember that? I do. I do. Yeah, the first one. Yeah, I think that was in 2018 or 19 or something like that. But but from there, that was the first time, again, we spent some time talking about everything. And then, of course, it was the work with Run on Less. And let me just say, all of us at Penske are so grateful uh, to have the connection with you and NACFI. I mean, give me give me a chance here now to, to say something. And I'm not this is not a plugged infomercial for for NACB because I say this sincerely. Um, I want to say having an independent source to coalesce all the information allows a customer, a vehicle user, to go to one place for guidance. And I know it's appreciated out there because I do talk about it, and other customers mention it to me. So you you have followers out there. Thank you very much. It just feels like, um, you know, being in the middles, we, NACFI loves it. We don't, we don't, uh, that's, that's what we're, we're about. Um, so let's talk about uh, Penske, the company. Uh, you know, when I think about Penske and, and this goes way back to my Navistar days and, and Cummins days and, and, you know, so forth, kind of my whole career, I, I, th I think of a, you know, via the fact that you are kind of between the fleets and the truck OEMs, um, you become, you know, really knowledgeable about all the different applications and, and uh, uses of trucks out there. So uh, tell us a little bit about maybe some things we don't know about Penske um, and, and how, it, how it is, if I've got that right, how it is being in that place and, and what, what that means to the company and, and you personally. Well, I, I would say given the number of customers that we serve, the size of our fleet, uh, I'm not sure there's a duty cycle from class three through eight that we don't have a number of customers in, which is why we feel it's our responsibility, almost our obligation to understand what's going on with current technologies as well as emerging technologies and, and make that information available to all of our customers, which we, we not only do we have a lot of different types of vehicles across all the classes, but we have a lot of different type of customers. I mean, we have a Penske logistics division with various customers uh, operations in a DCC 
we have our contract lease customers, uh, again, across all classes of vehicles throughout North America. We have our pure rental customers, uh, again, through all the classes of vehicles, including yard tractors. And we even have consumer customers who move their household goods from point A to point B. And then we even have a fleet division uh, with a company named Epps and everything. So the way we look at it, it many people are relying, relying upon us to understand what's going on at the foundational level with these emerging technologies, as well as existing technologies that are doing, going through their, their improvements and advancements. So, I mean, we, we take it serious. Uh, we have tremendous relationships with our OEM partners and collectively between uh, you know, working with them, uh, we feel we're doing our role to, uh, to educate the industry and educate our customers. I've always been impressed in the U.S., and, and it kind of has what's kept me in this industry and really um, driven me, is that these trucks um, are co-developed by the truck OEMs, the, the, the fleets using them, uh, the manufacturers, of course, and then, um, you know, organizations like yours. I mean, let's just call it like a leasing kind of, 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 of world. And um, that makes for a, a lot better product, I think, overall, um, rather than the, the truck OEMs just being the, the powerful dominant, here's what we're going to build and you, you, here's what you're going to buy. Um, and, and I think you uh, and your organization, so it kind of, how do you do it? <laughs> I mean, how, and how do you document it? Because you're, you're, you're not only buying trucks that'll work for your own fleet, but, but buying and specking trucks that'll, that'll help the whole industry and other individual folks. So is, um, you know, just a little bit of a, how, how, how do you do that? Well, it takes a lot of people. It takes a committed team and uh, we've been doing it for so long. When you think about, it, we've been working with all the OEMs over the years, dating back, you know, decades and everything. So because we have such strong partnerships with, with the OEMs and the component suppliers, uh, it's part of our regular interaction. We have regular check-ins multiple times a year that are already on the calendar where one of the main staple agenda items is to talk about new technologies or advancements in current technology. You know, improvements is the way a transmission is going to operate or how an engine is going to perform, but also what's coming behind, you know, after that six months, one year, two years down the road. So it, it allows us to stay ahead of it. It allows us to prepare the knowledge transfer to customers, to the rest of the departments or the other team members at Penske, whether it's our maintenance team, our sales team or others, whether it's system enhancements we have to do. So it's all about collaboration. I mean, I think that's what makes this industry so special is there's tremendous collaboration that goes on between uh, the OEMs, suppliers and, and, their, and their customers. So, I mean, that's how we stay in, in front of it. It's not easy because there's a lot going on, but uh, that's, that's just one way that we try and stay in front of it. So let's let's talk about uh, customers right now, um, you know, customers, uh, you know, that are operating, you know, buy and lease and operating um, trucks to move goods or, or do other things. I mean, they they always want, you know, uptime and durability is always really important. Of course, a good cost. Um, and, you know, in the last 10 years, fuel has been, you know, a much bigger part of the cost equation and, and then drivers. Right. They you know, everybody has, um, you know, sometimes challenges with satisfying drivers. So those maybe four things have always been high on the list of, of buyers' minds. But um, what else is going on, you know, with, with maybe outside of those sort of obvious traditional ones? What else is, you know, what, what are some things that customers are asking uh, Penske for that is, um, you know, that's, that's neat, that the industry needs to respond to, um, kind of the, the latest things? Well, let's, let's 
let's say what we have to say that customers have been through a lot the last two years. We've all been through a lot the last two years. Uh, yep. Transportation industry being an essential operation, uh, everyone's pretty much overwhelmed. You get through the COVID topic that is still prevalent today, but that's affecting everybody. And we have conversations about how they can continue, how they're continuing to use the vehicles or not use the vehicles because they have drivers or don't have drivers. Uh, you have supply chain disruption that they're asking for a lot now, which are non-traditional things to be talking about in, in, you know, in a regular year. Uh, but our customers are looking for, pers for, for perspective. They're looking for guidance and recommendations on the GHG regulations that are in front of us all. The CARB rules, which are affecting more, that more states are adopting, whether it's the ACF or the ACT rules, the TRU regulations are, are top of mind today. There's so much to absorb on how that affects fleet planning for our customers. So now we're getting into a lot more fleet planning discussions than what it would traditionally be because if they sign something for six years, uh, but now the, the ACF rule requires them to have a certain percentage of their fleet, how do they navigate that? So that's a big topic of conversations. They're also asking about, give us some clear answers on electric vehicles and other zero emission options. Uh, when is it right for me? What's the right vehicle that works, that could work for me? Um, they're just asking to, to help them understand the infrastructure process. They know that we have got many uh, charging locations already set up and more in, in, the, in, the, in the works. So they, we have some history on how to work and navigate that, that whole process. So they're looking to us for some of that guidance. I tell you, Mike, they're thirsty for information on all emerging technologies. It's like the industry is doing a nice job, like Canacby and others, of educating the, the, you know, the, the customers out there, the users of vehicles as to what is out there and what they should be thinking about. But now they got to find a source to go get more educated on. So whether it's telematics, how to use the data, more fuel efficient ways to operate their fleet. These are the topics today which have been different than they were five years ago, even maybe four, you know, four or five, six years ago. Uh, because I think the carb activities and GHG and now all this stuff on, on zero emission vehicles, it's completely turned the conversation from what it had been. Should I go with my traditional vehicle or how many? So it's just, it's a different conversation, which I think is a good thing. Yeah, I agree. But I think the, the risks are high. I mean, if you, uh, so I, I think one of, one of the things we talk about here at NACFI, and we, we've probably blogged about it and spoken about it, you know, in public as well as, you know, internally, are that these trucks, um, you know, to become more efficient, to become more clean, uh, you know, they're going to be more purpose built. Um, you know, the days of buying a diesel engine and a rear axle that can do different things and a transmission and, and having sort of a, I think the word would be high utility in a truck where it can, it can be this, it can be that you could, you could sell it to a second user and they could take it out of one application and move it into another. Um, to get the efficiency and to get what we're talking about doing here into the future, that's going to be less, we think it's going to be less likely that you'll have a general truck. Uh, now they'll, you know, they'll be able to do different jobs, but with that, you know, we see electric working here, hydrogen working there, automation working this place, and it becomes more important for the end user to really understand their duty cycles, their business models, how they operate, uh, to be able to pick which of these technologies, because I, I don't know about you, but in my, in my entire career, I don't, and I try to challenge myself whether this is true or not, but it, it feels like there are more options with bigger risk and opportunity, big reward, big risk um, for these for these fleets than, than ever in my career. And it just makes it really important to do your homework. 
You, you, yes, your observations are spot on. It's more confusing, I think, today. There were simpler decisions to make when you were just talking about a diesel vehicle because you knew gas wasn't going to work for you. For that matter, there wasn't even a gas engine available for you or, or, or whatever application you're in. So you, you didn't have many decisions to have to make when it came to the technologies that were, you were using. The transition from uh, manual to automated manuals or automatic, I mean, that was not, you know, it happened over many years, but once it happened, it was done. But there's so many choices or so many things to consider today that's confusing people. And that's why it's up to you know, entities like yourself and, and uh, providers like ourselves and many others out there that, that are offering these, these types of solutions that have to be well-prepared, well-educated uh, to, to make the right recommendation for a customer's operation. Because once they make this decision, it's a costly one when you're getting into the vehicle itself or the infrastructure as well. So that's why we take it real serious and we have very detailed conversations with the customers because it's a different solution for almost every application because you can get into the location they're operating out of, how they operate the vehicle, how they're going to charge, I mean, what their duty cycle is, what their load. There's so many things to consider when you're talking about these zero emission vehicles that it's a different, it's a different conversation today. Yep, yep. So you you brought it up a little bit ago. I, I wanted just a, a couple of quick thoughts from you on run on less electric. Uh, you know, we we had uh, in the run a Penske E Cascadia heavy duty tractor in the the uh, San Diego South, Southern California area uh, that we you know we highlighted during the run. So you know, a, as you've brought up a couple times, you know, real world pragmatic um, good you know real information is important. How would you? A couple comments on run on less electric. How did we do there? Why is that important? Why should people pay attention to it? Well, thanks for asking that question, because I think the project was perfect timing, not just for us, but I think the industry. We had early prototype equipment, as you know, with several players. But in this case, the run on less, it was specifically with the, the Daimler um, Zymer track e cascadia that we worked with them as a co-creating partner uh, and we had several learnings that we wanted to share but now we were able to share it with a broader audience based on the run on less project and uh, through your project the industry they, they need to see that the equipment could work and that's what the project i think ultimately did across all the different classes of vehicles that you brought into the project you show that this technology has promise in real world applications that most people didn't have any idea that it could do so I think that was one of the things that we talked about as a team is that look at what's happening now. And we pointed our customers that maybe we only, we only talk to them about a tractor or we talked to them about maybe one. We said, go look at that, the projects we poured out. Go learn about all the different applications and all the different types of vehicles because you have many types of vehicles, not just the one that you trialed with us. And you'll see that this does work, but now you got to figure out how do you adapt it to your operation. So I think it was timely given where everything is in this evolution of zero emissions. Uh, it was tremendous as far as what it accomplished with all the different classes of vehicles and the different type of customers. So we just felt it was a tremendous success and we encourage all of our customers and I encourage all that were listening to this, to this podcast to go and read about the project. You'll be, you'll be impressed about, about what it delivered. Yeah, I mean, we had 90, 91 interviews. You were one of them, Paul. But um, your driver there, that truck, Don Don DeSouza or DeSouza. Yeah, yeah. What a fact. He said something. It's in our. It's in one or two of our videos. You know, he he basically was talking about the truck when he first drove it, the weeks after he got experience with it, and he just got this, you know, big old smile on his big old face and said, um, you know, I, I experienced. I know the future of trucking. 
And, you know, to me, that was sort of just encapsulated what we heard from all 13 drivers in the run was just, um, you know, more so than we thought they, they love these trucks. And, um, uh, well, here's I, another story. I, I think, go ahead. Here's, a, here's another story about that same truck and that same driver. So he's driving the vehicle and he comes to a stop light in a downtown type area or an inner, you know, city type environment where he comes to a stoplight. And, you know, the vehicle on the side of it says electric vehicle. And there's some bystanders on the sidewalk that said, is that really an electric vehicle? And, the, you know, the, he says, yeah. And they said, well, before the light turns green, can we run out and take a picture by the side of the door? He's like, yeah. So he's got his thumbs up out the window, smiling away. They snapped the picture and that made his day. He told everyone about that. He was so proud to be part of the project as well as part of trialing the latest technology that he can tell <clears throat> his family in the future that he was part of the, the first evolution of, of the, of the technology. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. So along those lines, I, I, have, I have another question for you. You know, that when you look, when anybody looks at technologies and then really when we even make a personal, you know, purchase in our homes, we, we think about, you know, what's this going to cost me? What are the real savings? So on an electric truck, right? You got to think about the cost of the truck, which will be higher than a diesel, most likely. You've got the infrastructure to think about. Um, and then you look at, okay, well, what's this going to save me? So that whole total cost of ownership that we all are so dedicated to, to understanding and, and making you know, good in trucking. Uh, then you've got the, you know, the fuel savings versus electricity. You know, we, we, we're going to have maintenance savings. So you get these sort of what we call hard costs. But as we've looked at electric trucks in particular, Paul, we, we see these, um, what we call uh, difficult to monetize benefits like drivers, you know, so like, a, um, you know, like your driver, you're just talking about, I mean, he, he, if he's satisfied, he's going to stay and be a great employee for you. Um, and, and you avoid having to go find another driver, you know, there's the quiet operation, there's the, the opportunity to to, um, you know, we were talking to Home Depot the other day about how they, they, they bring uh, flatbed tr tractor trailers and yard dogs through warehouses. So now we got no emissions in those warehouses and safety. There's just a lot of these benefits that people now really accept are true benefits in of these electric trucks. But how do you then go put some dollars and cents to that to help tip the decision? I mean, because I, I don't think we're, I think if it's a benefit, you're going to save money somewhere in the operation. But how, how do you, you guys at Penske think about that? Um, and, and what are some advice for others? This is a very important question. And it's one that is not, not quite figured out yet because of many of the things you just talked about. There are savings out there. Now, there are upfront costs that you need to factor in. But if you take away the upfront costs in some way, shape, or form to say they're going to take care of themselves over time, you just look at the operation of the vehicle, you can find some return on that investment uh, as, a, as a vehicle operating. And I think the driver is the key piece there. Your driver turnover, the driver retirees, and then the new people come in, into the, the, the driver world um, is what's going to be so important in the next decade. And what we find is because we've had drivers in our logistics operation, as well as many of the lease customers that have been trialing class three all the way up to eight. Here's one of the key things they tell us, Mike, do I have to turn the vehicle back in? And we say, well, yes, unfortunately, this is a prototype vehicle that we're just evaluating. So it's not a production one yet, but you know, then they go back to their company and say, when can I get a production one? So there's excitement and there's interest, which I think is so important to keep the drivers happy. They love that. We do countless interviews with the drivers that are trialing these vehicles. 
And it's a pretty long one that we say, when you want to stop? Oh, they just want to talk more about it because they're so excited about it. And when we do these interviews, the key things that come, uh, come up is, is, is the power. They love the power, the cab comfort because of how quiet it is in the cab. They feel less fatigued. Uh, they, you mentioned a minute ago that they're not smelling diesel, whether it's in a warehouse or in the vehicle itself. It's a reduced initial walk around the vehicle for check-in. Uh, there's so many benefits, the intangible ones for the driver. And if you can keep the driver satisfied, happy, and comfortable, you have a better chance of retaining them over a longer period of time. You, you, you know, I think that's going to be one of the biggest takeaways. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the things mm-hmm. that we are really, now, how do you factor that into your ROI? Well, I guess every company has their own turnover and, and rehiring costs that you should factor in or would be factored in at some point to say, if these now are diminished or go away, well, that's a plus to the ROI side of the equation. Um, but that's, this is a very difficult conversation or question to answer because there are many other in, uh, variables that have to be thought through in the early phases of this technology's um, evolution. Yeah, and I think one of the most important pieces right now is um, for uh, you know, companies to, you know, th- this is a complex ROI calculation. And you know, we just brought up a few of them around the cost of energy um, over time, the, um, the, these benefits that I was bringing up. I mean, how do you assess uh, an improvement in driver retention and attraction and put money to that? I mean, these are tough calculations. And I, I do think every, every fleet needs to, to um, recognize that and the truck OEMs and, and major suppliers and others need to approach that. And, and we're gonna be working in 2022 on some more total cost of ownership uh, tools to help here because, um, you know, it's a, it's a big challenge, uh, but I think it's important because if you, if you miss these opportunities and those flow through to indirect cost savings, overhead savings, you know, just things like we had a company the other day talking to us about how they believe they can get rid of some, not get rid of, but they can lower their costs around, um, hazardous waste removal and the people that work on compliance, because there will just be less oils and fuels and all that. Now, right now, nobody's thinking about that, right? Because we're talking about two or three or 10 electric trucks at a depot instead of all 50 or 100. But those right. are uh, those are important to, to think about going forward. And of course, you also have to under, look at all the the cost side of things. Where are some things that, that might pop up that be risks? But um, I don't know. I, I, I've never seen something, well, first of all, uh, I try never to say, you know, I'm convinced or certain of something, but I am very certain about the um, how, how drivers will appreciate these electric trucks and how we'll be able to uh, attract a lot more people to the profession. I, I, I agree with you there. Now, one of the one of the variables that I don't believe are being talked about enough is the initial vehicles that are coming out and what their residual value will be three, five, six years down the road. Mm-hmm. No one, no one's talking about that, and you you can't look at an internal combustion engine vehicle at five years old that would have 500,000 miles on it, if you're talking about a tractor or 200,000 miles on it, if you're talking about a, a medium duty size vehicle or even 100,000 miles, if you're talking about a, a gas van. And you say, okay, will an electric vehicle that has limited range, a large battery that in four, you know, three, four, five years will have a different battery solution. You probably can't get a replacement battery for the first generation vehicle because why would somebody put in a bigger, heavier less dense. I mean, it just doesn't make, so what is the residual value going to be? And that's why I said, that's one of the unknowns that when you, when you inject that into your equation, you say, oh my gosh, I've got to depreciate this more. 
or I'm not going to get the return that I would have when I trade this in, it flips that ROI in the early. Now, I'm not trying to scare anyone away from going forward, but this is the realities that we have to be thinking about and talking about. And we are as well as a company. Yeah, very good. And I think, you know, as that uh, as those companies develop those um, financial tools for these decisions, you know, you don't have to have, you know, part of this, our, our thinking is, is that find all of those cost elements, cost and benefit elements, get that into the financial model. Um, there are going to be some where you look at it and go, today, we have no idea if this is a benefit, a cost or how much, but just put it in there, right? And then, and then you know, plug in some number, but over time we'll learn and we'll become more confident. I mean, maintenance is the biggest example of that, right? We, we really don't know, but um, we'll, we'll know more with all of the trucks as we get going. So um, just on, on electric trucks, what, what are a couple of things that from your chair, you think um, you know, some of the listeners ought to go do some real action on? What, what are some of the things right now here in 2022 that, that we need to be working on to um, um, look back at it this year and said, hey, we really worked on the right things to, to help electric truck scale? Well, the guidance that I give to all the customers that I talk to, all of our customers that I talk to is you need to learn. You need to, you need to understand, you need to educate yourself, have the knowledge and develop a plan, a plan for your fleet, for your business that matches your sustainability goals. Um, and it's gotta be a plan, not only for the vehicle, but also for the infrastructure because they have to go hand in hand. Thanks a lot, Paul. Appreciate your time together. I and mean, this, uh, this was really good. My absolute pleasure, Mike. Best of luck to you. Take care. Brady Efficiency with NACFI's Mike Rosen Friends.